Now we're going to be talking strictly the Bengals. So, welcome to Bengals Talk with the Grogcast. Uh, we're going to get right into it and talk about this absolute decimation that was the Bengals versus the Steelers. Now, coming out of the bye week, two weeks, three weeks, now three weeks ago, I uh, I kept trying to be optimistic because of the Jets and Browns losses. I was just like, they're tired. They need a week off. Uh, just trying to stay optimistic. And boy, oh boy, has my optimism paid off. So we go back uh, two weeks ago. Go to week 11. Bengals go into Las Vegas. It is a three-score game in the fourth quarter. And what the fuck happens? Uh, The Bengals defense took over that goddamn game. And so did Joe Mixon. Uh, Winning that 32-13. It was 16-13 with, I believe, like 10 minutes to go in the game. But then... My mom even told me before the game that she had a bad feeling in her gut about this game. And I was just like, I don't. We beat them once. We're going to beat them again. Plain and simple. Uh, We didn't just beat them the first time as well. Uh, We kicked their ass the first time. But it compared nothing to this. And I do not want to hear Steelers fans say the final score is 41 to 10. No, it was 41 to 3. The final score was 41 to 3. The reason why I say that is because the Bengals literally pulled their starters when it was 41 to 3 and played the whole almost the whole fourth quarter with their secondary defense and most of their secondary offense. Um along with that, Chase Claypool made a catch against Darius Phillips. Uh towards the end of the game, while Pittsburgh was driving to get their first touchdown. And sort of... Bro! Why call timeout? I don't get it. I really don't get it. I somehow just restarted my recording, but uh, we're going to keep going with it. And then, of course, they kept running plays where they get out of bounds. And then they had one play with, like, 12 seconds left that they kept inbounds. They got it down to, like, the 15-yard line. And they didn't call timeout. Uh, I like the mindset of this team right now, too, because uh, I, I decided to listen in to uh, – I started to listen into Joe Burrow's press conference after the game. And somebody asked him – what is winning two games against uh, against the Steelers? I mean, it, he basically just said, we're 2-0 against the Steelers. We have higher aspirations than that. Uh, one, it's a burn to Pittsburgh because it means that the Bengals literally don't give a shit about them. And two, it's nice because it means that the Bengals are looking forward to greener pastures, not just beating the Steelers. They want to get into that playoffs. Can they do it? 100%. Like like I said, uh, Bengals are in the fifth seed right now for the playoffs uh, with the Chargers coming into town, who is the seventh seed. 
Uh, not only is this a big game for the Chargers because they are still only a game behind Kansas City, but this is a big game for Cincinnati because if they win this and Baltimore loses against Pittsburgh somehow, uh, it means that the Bengals become the number one seed in the AFC. Well, not the number one seed, but they'll be the leaders in the North, which would be huge. Uh, so let, let's talk about the, the Steelers game just a little bit longer. Uh, going to the stats, you had Mixon running 28 times for like 165 yards, which was a uh, career best. Uh, Joe Burrow went 20 for 24 and less than 200 yards and a touchdown. Two touchdowns, sorry. He had one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon had two touchdowns as well. And one of the best... Uh, celebrations i've seen in a long time fucking temptations and then uh t higgins had i believe it was five catches for 114 yards six catches maybe um but he had 114 yards 119 yards and a touchdown big 32 yard touchdown from uh burrow to higgins because they put him one-on-one this is kind of what and i'm going to talk about this too so this is where defenses have adjusted this is the, the trend that's happened since the bye week. Defenses have started shadowing Jamar Chase with their safeties. And there's a clear play on the T. Higgins touchdown where the safety was already creeping over to Jamar Chase and Burrow took the shot of T. Higgins and uh, James Pierre one-on-one. T. Higgins is a big dude. Big tall guy. You ain't out jumping him and you ain't out strengthening him. So, along with that, is you can't just sell out for the run anymore, either. Because Mixon will tear you to shreds, whether you stack the box or not. And there there was one play in particular uh, where offensive line pushed left. Uh, Mixon was patient, stayed behind Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase went out into space with him as Mixon pivoted and turned right made James Pierre miss with a tackle and ran it for, I think like 20, 30 yards. When it comes to the week this week with uh rushing leaders, it was Mixon was one with 165 yards. Two was Joe Mixon after contact, which was 134 yards. And I believe Jonathan Taylor after that. So, If you want to really talk about it, Mixon is an issue. You can't sell out on Mixon. Chase is an issue. Can't sell out on Chase. Higgins is becoming an issue. Can't sell out on Chase. What happens if you try to sell out on all three of them? Well, then you got Uzama, who went off against the Browns. Sorry, not the Browns. The uh, He went off against the Ravens. He also went off against the Jags. But also, that was the Jags. But then you have the silent one, the one who's been relatively silent for most of the season. He started picking up some pace uh, last week and this week. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is a dangerous man in the slot. Dude can catch, too. Dude can catch. He can run. He can make you miss a tackle. <coughs> we haven't really seen him this, this year. But it's... 
uh, it's going to be interesting if they start selling out to all these people and then you leave the uh, tight end pretty much wide open and you leave the slot guy pretty much wide open. What else do you do? But then you add in another kind of like mystery aspect to it with Chris Evans and Samaj P. Ryan, who have both been – they've been okay. Chris Evans has had a pretty decent uh, passing game. But uh, time to see what happens, I guess. Now, going into the Bengals' defense, over these past two weeks has been easily top 10. They're top 10 in turnovers, probably. They're top 10 in pressures. Trey Hendrickson himself is, like, number one or number two in pressures. Uh, Sam Hubbard's having a career year. I believe he's at seven sacks right now. I believe Hendrickson is at ten and a half. Uh, as I call them, they're the law firm of Hubbard and Hend- Hendrickson. And, I mean, Hubbard is not a pass rusher. He is a run blocker. A run stopper. Sorry. Um, but he has gotten... Way better at pass rushing than I ever thought he would. I mean, it's basically if one side doesn't get you, the other side gets you. If neither side gets you, either DJ Reader, Joby, or BJ Hill are going to eat you alive. And if neither one of them gets pressure, well, guess what? You have Cheeto, who I just saw a stat that it was. Uh... Let me see here. I got it here. Uh. Highest graded cornerbacks in zone coverage with a minimum of 150 snaps. It's uh, Jalen Ramsey in first, and then Cheeto Awuzie, Cheeto Bay Awuzie at an 85 PFF grade. Oh, and then who's number two? Oh, just the guy who picks six to his own team, his old team, uh, Mike Hilton at an 84.5. And honestly, uh, Eli Apple has gotten so much better over the season. He started off pretty rough, and he still gives up, like, one, two big plays a game. But he's not screwing over the team like he kind of did, like, week one. Week one, he gave up a big play, a stupid penalty, and then a touchdown. But he's definitely narrowed it in over these last couple weeks. Especially, like I said earlier, two touchdowns. Not two touchdowns, sorry, two interceptions. And almost a touchdown. Uh... After his pick on Sunday, he ran it back for like 50 yards. So, (coughs) as for Mike Hilton, I don't ask Hilton to do a lot, honestly. I actually like him a lot on tight ends. Not so much on slot receivers, but I like him on tight ends. Um... And I think the worst part about this is if I had to name a uh, soft spot on the Bengals' defense, it'd probably be the linebacking core, which I still don't think they're doing bad. Uh, The linebacking core has done solid. Obviously, I don't want you to put Logan Wilson on a fucking wide receiver or a fucking tight end that is one of the best tight ends in the world like they did with Darren Waller on the one touchdown. But... Put him against a lot of people, he, he'll he win. Even Hubbard went into coverage. 
uh, last week, and I believe that was on the pick six by Mike Hilton. May have been a play before that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. The other thing that is concerning, which it seems like it's getting better because of them focusing more on uh, Joe Mixon, is the dumb some of the dumb decisions that Joe Burrow makes. Uh, it's not... It's not too bad, but the, some of these pick sixes are so dumb. Uh, him trying to force shit to Jamar. And then just not throwing away the ball. Uh, I think it said out of Burrow's 30 sacks that 12 of them have been... Uh, 12 of them were accredited to Burrow himself. So it's it's interesting for him because I love him as a quarterback. I think he is the future of this franchise. But it's also he can't hold the ball that long. I get it. He He's a warrior. He doesn't like throwing the ball away. He doesn't mind the hits. Bro, you have to remember you just had your knee fully reconstructed. Might I also say that Burrow had a rushing touchdown? Juke the shit out of Minka Fitzpatrick, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't know what's going on with the Steelers' defense this year. I know what's going on with Big Ben. He's old and he sucks. But Steelers fans all this week were like, Oh, we didn't have uh, T.J. Watt. We didn't have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick that the last game. Oh, yeah, we won that by 14. You had him back. You had T.J. and you had Minka. You didn't have Joe Hayden. Uh, but we didn't beat you through the air. We beat you on the ground. So the fact that you say you had T.J. Watt and then let us run for 165 yards. Actually, we had over 200 yards rushing, I believe, in total. Uh, but it's it's ridiculous. The Steelers aren't good. And uh, any Steelers fan that says, we're good, we're just still figuring things out. You tied the Lions. You fucking tied the Lions. The Bengals at least blew out the Lions. The Ravens almost lost to the Lions. The Browns almost lost to the Lions. You tied them. And they're going for a historical record of a winless season with a tie. And you are the one smudge mark because neither one of you could fucking finish the game. Uh, I don't like going on rants about the Steelers, but Steelers fans obviously always live in the past because as soon as one of them gets a hold of that clip, they're going to be like, who's won six Super Bowls? He's going to be like, when was the last one? When was the last one you won? Hell, when was the last time you were in the Super Bowl? Bengals fans don't have much time, how much room to talk about that because we haven't won a playoff game in thirty years. But along with that, Steelers fans can't hold Super Bowls over our head because their team's just not good. 
Their players are old. They're not playing to potentials. Uh, TJ Watt is still the best player on that team. Minka is a close second. But you can't tell me that... The media can't dog on the Bengals for not taking a lineman round one. When the Bengals or the Steelers literally saw three of their linemen walk and not get a lineman until the third and fourth round. Not only that, they had a chance to get a really good lineman in Creed Humphrey to be their center of the future. And they passed on him to get Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a fantastic player. But running, if it were me, I would have kept James Conner and I would have upgraded my O-line. Plain and simple. The fact that that the media dogged on the Bengals for passing on Panay Sewell, who is not even having a great year this year. He really isn't. Uh, Would coaching help? Yes. But between Slater, Sewell, Creed Humphrey, uh, those three are, uh, I would take Slater in a heartbeat. Slater's a stellar tackle. But here's the thing. Bengals didn't need a tackle. They needed a guard. There was not a guard worth taking in the first round. Uh, Just ask Alex Leatherwood, who is being converted to a guard and has had, honestly, a miserable season. Jackson Carmen will be the right choice. He just needs to get over the overweight that he came into camp with. That's why Hakeem Adeniji is playing. And might I say, he has done good. He has done a very good job on that O-line since he came in to replace Carmen. And then, along with that, uh, the rest of the O-line has been stellar. I think Jonah Williams should be in the Pro Bowl. I think Quentin Spain should be in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Trey Hopkins has... He started off very rough, but he was also coming off of an ACL tear. Uh, he's looked a lot better uh, the last three weeks. Hakeem Adeniji, Jackson Carmen, they've all done well. They've both done well. Uh, and then Riley Reef, uh, I think, is probably the unsung hero of the free agency class this year. I think he's done so well protecting that right side. And then I don't care how many people dog on the drew sample draft pick yes he was drafted too early but you have no idea how well he has done in past protection he has blocked his ass off and they've even left him on an island with some of the best edge rushers in the league along with that the other unsung hero in the past protection game has been stanley morgan the wide receiver that I believe he's in his third season now. Uh, they finally found a way to utilize him with Auden Tate out. Because Stanley Morgan is so damn good at blocking because he's a big guy and he's physical. And I believe that Jamar Chase is learning a lot from him in pass blocking. Because I, if nobody has seen the clip yet, go back to the Lions game and watch Jamar Chase absolutely obliterate the safety from trying to tackle Joe Mixon. Go back to this game and watch Jamar Chase become the lead blocker and take out Minka Fitzpatrick. We've we've got a lot of blockers, and not all of them are linemen. 
So, are the Bengals a top team in the AFC? They're not the top team in the AFC. They are one of the top teams in the AFC. And I said this to one of the Bengals chats that in the next six games, the Bengals need to win three. That will put them at 10 and 7. Which three? I don't know. If they want to get first in the division, they need to beat the Ravens again. They also need to beat the Browns in the last game of the season. So there's at least two of them. Um, going along with that, do I think they can beat the Chargers? Yes. It's got to rely on Mixon, though. Then next week's game, yeah, next week's game, uh, they flexed it to 425 uh, for the Bengals versus the 49ers. Do I think the Bengals could win the 49ers game? Yeah, I do, but that's going to be a really hard game to win. Uh, because I would almost say the 49ers are very much like us. They're getting hot at the right time. They're getting healthy at the right time. And it's that game is going to be a collision of Titans. I it both teams are good. That, that's the most of it. Uh, then after that, you go into Denver. Can they beat the Broncos? Probably, yeah. How much will Mile High's air affect that? A lot. But can they win? Yeah. Of course. At the beginning of the season, if you would have looked at this ending schedule, this was death row. This was absolutely death row. Because you go Steelers, Chargers, 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Browns. I'm missing Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Chiefs are right before the Browns. What the hell is that? Seriously. You tell me before the season... That's seven losses. Well, not seven. I still probably would have told you that we could beat the Broncos. But, I mean, they have a chance to win out. Would it shock me? No. Would it shock me if they only won three of them? No. Would it shock me if they lost all of them? Yes. So that's kind of where the Bengals are right now. It's They are a very good team. They are one of the best teams in the AFC. Are they one of the best teams in the NFL? We'll see. Uh, I think if they beat the 49ers next week, they have the opportunity to say that. If they beat the Chiefs in January, they have the right to say that. But once again, media will not give them any credit until they win a fucking playoff game. Plain and simple. But, on the other hand, uh, the last time that a certain couple of people on this team were in a playoff game, it was the national championship for college football. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, 
Tyler Shelvin, uh, Jackson Carmen. The last time that they were in a playoff game was the national championship. Straight up. And we saw how good of a game that was. Young people will have that competitive edge in a playoff game. Will they have experience in it? No. But if they've been to the show in college, they know what it takes. Is this the year that the Bengals win a playoff game? Bengals fans are going to hate me for this. Probably not. Will next year? Yes. But I'm not going to look that far ahead. Uh, within the national media, how many people didn't have the Bengals winning over four games? This guy right here, I had them winning seven. They are at seven. I said seven would be a good season for Zach Taylor. Because this is a young team that is still figuring it out. Did they win some that I thought they would lose? Yes. Did they lose some that I thought they would win? Yes. But that's football. Any given Sunday. How many national media had the Bengals going to the playoffs? Or even in a position to go to the playoffs? Kay Adams and me. And a couple Bengals fans here and there. But, I mean, that's... That's the scale of what we're dealing with right now is the Bengals are a good team. They just need to show it every week. They really do. They didn't show it against the Browns, but they blew out the Ravens. They blew out the Steelers twice. Beat the blew out the Raiders. One in primetime. Their only primetime game so far. I mean, it's it's amazing what they've done this year. Um, if I had to give out an award right now, Zach Taylor wins Coach of the Year. If they make the playoffs, that has to happen first. If the Bengals do make the playoffs and they win a playoff game, Zach Taylor, hands down, gets Coach of the Year. I don't care who else is in front of him. Zach Taylor deserves coach of the year if the Bengals win a playoff game. If the Bengals make the playoffs, Zach Taylor should be a top three candidate for coach of the year. Just like in college, I think Luke Fickle should win coach of the year. Dude has done an amazing job with UC, and I'm not even a huge UC fan. I'm not an Ohio State fan either, but... City of Cincinnati, you can breathe. Your fucking football teams are good. When's the last time we could say that UC football and Bengal football were good? So, going to the last section, I'm actually not going to do it this week. I'm going to do it next week. Uh, I'm going to introduce a new segment called the Mocktail, which is just me doing a 
mock draft. But we're going to do that next time. Uh, I wanted to get my Bengals talk out of the way, and I wanted to get uh, the preview and review done. So I got that done. I'm still recovering from a cold, like I said. So I don't want to be talking too long without a drink because my drink's gone. I drank it while the preview screen was going. But that is it for this broadcast, the official podcast of the Unfiltered Sports Network. Thank you. And believe all.